All right. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. The reason why I'm starting this podcast is simple. A couple weeks ago, Giannis Adedecumbo drops 50 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists with no turnovers. The second such type of game in the last 50-odd years. Um, the first with 50... 10 plus rebounds, 5 plus assists with no turnovers since Michael Jordan. Okay, so Giannis does this. Bucks beat the Jazz. Jazz at the time are one of the top two rated defenses in the NBA. There was no Rudy Gobert, but Jazz still a solid team. Giannis drops 50, 14, and 6 on their heads with a bunch of clutch baskets, wills the Bucks to victory, extends a Bucks winning streak. Next day on ESPN, top headlines. LeBron and the Lakers win again. Josh Hart comments, clarifies comments on the Lakers. Melo drops 20-something in Blazers game. One of OKC's players is out injured. You got to go all the way to the second page. Scroll down. Just to find anything about Giannis. Go to the talk shows. Fox Sports, The Undisputed, The Shannon, and what the fuck is this dude's name? Skip? Nothing. Just a little passing mentions. Oh, Giannis this, Giannis that. And only in relation to the Knicks does Stephen A. even bring up Giannis and the Bucks. Okay, now, this has become a theme. It's something Bucks fans notice. We talk about often. We probably talk about it too often. More than is even merited, but it is a thing. The Bucks put in a high-profile performance. It goes under the radar. Giannis puts in a high-profile performance, goes under the radar. Earlier this season, Stephen A. says, when Katie comes back to the Nets and starts performing well, Giannis is leaving to the Warriors. ESPN clearly clearly has a bias, and they don't try to hide it, they're not actually subtle about it, about pushing these big stars to certain markets. And not necessarily just L.A., D.C., New York, these larger markets. And it's not just because I'm a Bucks fan and there's a Giannis free agency coming in 2021, and he's eligible for the Supermax in 2020. Look back to the Masai Ujiri fiasco of this summer. All of a sudden, they're talking about Masai wants out. Masai is going to be going to D.C. Very early on in the process, Masai re-signs with the Toronto Raptors. Simple. They're not operating on fact. They want to push these narratives. The Bucks and Giannis are not a narrative that works for ESPN. Now, part of that makes sense. ESPN is a business. It's a conglomeration. It's a corporation. If the Bucks aren't going to get as many clicks as Josh Hart talking about the Lakers, they're not going to do it. It's not good for business. However, I believe Giannis should get more clicks than Hamadou Diallo is out for four to six weeks for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's ridiculous. And every time this happens, I get frustrated. I'm waiting for the talk shows, the Nick Wrights of the world, 
the Stephen A's, Max Kellerman's, Will Kane's, whoever you want to talk about, on Get Up Now. And it's just lacking, right? There are there are voices. Shout out to IKE Bucks. They are doing really well. I'm seeing their tweets all over Twitter. They're all over Bleacher Report. They're representing well, not just for the Bucks, but for Packers, for the Brewers, for for all the major sports teams out there. They also make some dope music. Um, but other than that, I mean, you've got some beat writers, and you have to shout out to the beat writers. Um, right now, their names are sl- slipping. Their names are slipping from my mind. But there are some people there who are doing a good job, and they're covering the Bucks, and they're trying to get these this team, the stories about this team out there. And forget about national media attention. I don't even care about national media attention. I'm not doing this because I think this podcast will go national media. It's because as Bucks fans, we deserve to just hear more people, more passionate people, more fans talking about the game from an educated perspective, talking about the Bucks from an educated perspective on what the Bucks actually bring to the table and how damn good this team actually is. Last year, 61 team, 60 and 22. One of the best historical seasons in NBA history. Now, when I say that, top 20, maybe top 10 season in NBA history. They lose Malcolm Brogdon, one of only, I believe, eight players to go 50 from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the free throw. Lose him. Also lose Nikola Mirotic, who never quite performed up to standards. Remove those guys, bring in Wesley Matthews, Kyle Korver, Robin Lopez. And all of a sudden, this team is now 20-3, and three, atop the NBA standings, 14-game win streak. Go back, their last 19 games, they're 18-1. and one. The one loss is to the Utah Jazz on a game winner from Boyan Bogdanovich in a game where the previous possession, Chris Middleton, had a chance to hit a game winner on his own, didn't go our way. Okay, this team is dominant. Top two in both defensive and offensive efficiency. Let me say that again. Top two in both defensive and offensive efficiency. Right now, they're at like a ridiculous 13.7 average point differential per game. The record is somewhere in the 12s, like 12.4 or something like that. Last year, they had 9.8. Okay? This team is legit. And Giannis is undisputed as the best player in the conference. And he's probably right now, in my opinion, he's the best player in basketball. He plays both ends. He's an MVP-level player on the offensive end. He can shoot well enough at this point, well enough to be a threat to get buckets. He's diversified as a driver. You don't see him doing as many blind spin moves. He still gets his charges here and there, but he's also not Euro-stepping in a way that the defense can recognize. He's really diversified the way he drives. He's added a little bit to his post game. The turnaround fadeaway still needs some work, but it's getting there. He's added the little push shot in the lane. Uh, Patience, you saw yesterday against the Clippers. He's in the post on Mo Harkless. Back down, back down. Turns back over that right shoulder for the fade. Up and under. Hooks a little bit, puts the elbow into him to create some space. Up and under, lays it up at the rim. That's not a Giannis move last year. The footwork, amazing, excellent, improved. 
<clears throat> and a very good passer. And he's definitely improved in terms of trusting his teammates. I think he had the same level of vision and ability last year as a passer. But during the Toronto series, he did stop trusting his teammates. And for some reason, they weren't making shots that series. But on the defensive end, he's a force. I mean, he's averaging, I think, 1.3 steals, 1.4 blocks, somewhere around there. But he's just a force. He's improved. He'll never be elite laterally in terms of quickness. But he's certainly improved his lateral quickness to the point. And maybe he hasn't even improved lateral quickness, but he's improved his the angles he takes on defense to cut off drivers of the ball because he's never been great on on-ball defense. But as an off-ball defender to wreak havoc both as a rim protector and to flood the passing lanes, incredible. An incredible, incredible defender. I think he should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. I have a feeling he won't win it this year, especially if the Lakers and the Bucks stay kind of neck and neck. AD will get that Defensive Player of the Year, I believe, and deservedly so. It's not that AD wouldn't deserve it. But if Giannis wins MVP, I find it unlikely that they'll also give him Defensive Player of the Year. And I think at this point, he's the front runner for MVP again. So led by that, I mean, the Bucks have just made basketball relevant again in Milwaukee. And how fun that is, I cannot tell you. Last year, I went to Game 2 Eastern Conference Finals with one of my childhood best friends. We go, get in the game. The atmosphere is incredible, right? People are going crazy, raucous. We go up two games to none. We obviously know how that ended. But really what I talk about is the feeling afterwards. Come outside. The plaza, Fear District, Deer District, is filled to the brim. Run into old friends, all go out to the bars, have a good time afterwards, right? That kind of energy, that environment, building this new arena, this new hub downtown, it's brought new life to the city of Milwaukee. And this isn't the only thing happening in the city of Milwaukee. Um, I won't touch on these other things because there are already probably people in Milwaukee who can better speak to it than I. But Milwaukee is definitely a city on the rise. And the Bucks are at the heart of that. It is beyond fun to go to Bucks games and also see Aaron Rodgers and Christian Yelich and these other TJ Lang, Bakhtiari, these other prominent Wisconsin sports figures coming out to support the team. I mean, we have three MVPs in each sport. Yelich, Rodgers, Giannis. Okay, so Wisconsin sports are doing great right now. Badgers had a pretty good year. Lost to Ohio State today, but they had a pretty good year. <clears throat> it's, it's just incredible the feeling the Bucks have given me. So already this year, rattling off a 14-game win streak, I'm expecting NBA Finals at least. I believe we should win this year. We have the talent. We can match up well with anyone. We have great role players, great depth. We trust pretty much 1 through 10 on the roster. Maybe even deeper than that. And Giannis has taken the step up to be the best player on the floor in every single game against every single team. Last year, you could see Kawhi took it up to a level that Giannis wasn't quite prepared for or didn't know how to react to. This year, I don't believe that will be the case. He's developed enough of a mid-range and an outside shot to be a threat, enough to score 6 to 10 points a game on average from the 3-point and mid-range shot to free up those drives where he's scoring 
Last year he was scoring 18-something points per game in the paint. I don't know what he's up to this year, but it's easy for him, right, to get to the paint. Um, in addition, he's diversified the way he's attacking the basket and finishing in the paint, which makes him even more dangerous. He's rebounding at an even better rate as well. That's fun. Okay, to have the Bucks be good. Like, I've been watching the Bucks, and even though I've talked shit on them before, and you know back when they weren't doing quite as well, I'll have to admit it. As a teenager, it was easy to rat shit on the Bucks. But guess who was still going home or going to his friend's house and watching Bucks games? Me. I was watching Michael Red when we seemingly got swept out of the playoffs by the Pistons every other year. <clears throat> I was right there, screaming my head off in the brand new Under Armour Brandon Jennings shoes, watching every Under the Armour episode one through six with all the weekend's music on it and the vibe of that. The Bucks felt cool when Brandon Jennings was there, when we went up against Mike Bibby and the Hawks. I think that was 2009, 2010. How well we were playing until Andrew Bogut injured his elbow, and then things started to kind of fall apart. Even some moments when we had Brandon Knight, and Brandon Knight, although he was uh, one of the most memeable players, maybe ever, man-tricked like a wide-open layup, we obviously know what happened to him with Kyrie. Kyrie just snatched his ankles in basically a junior all-star game. But still, he gave us so many moments, so many good crossovers, game winners, things like that. I mean, back to when Kobe was was battling against like Charlie Bell and uh, David Noel was on the team, Dan Godzreach, like all these players from all these areas, we were still watching. Right? Like, that's recent Bucks history. And anytime the Bucks have been remotely good, like the Brandon Jennings year sticks out to me, especially like we were not a high seed, but we were exciting with an exciting player and some good complimentary pieces. <coughs> John Salmons. And we went out there and we were excited by it. like the true Bucks fans and many of my friend group have been there. We, it was exciting, but nothing like this team. Last year, the ending was disappointing, but they gave us a season that was worth experiencing that disappointment. That disappointment didn't cancel out the experience of nine months of being engaged in Bucks basketball. And this season is even better than last. They have stepped up their game, but also they're even more exciting to watch. Watching Eric Bledsoe now develop to start to develop that sort of self-awareness to drive to the basket, be a slasher, you know, start the game off with his threes, try to get his outside perimeter game going early. But if it's not falling, get to the basket get fouled, drive, create driving lanes for others to feed off of, finish at the basket. One, you're one of the quickest guards in the game, but also with the upper body strength to finish through contact. He's starting to get that awareness. He's no longer going one-on-four and fast breaks as often, nearly as often, and turning it over. Occasionally he will, but for the most part, you can see the growth in his game. Chris Middleton evolving from that deep two inefficient shot maker to sprinkling that within his game, but taking threes, being an efficient player, providing great defense. Wes Matthews, his performance on defense last night against the Clippers, against Kawhi, was incredible. He's very physical, but he defends without fouling, which is something the team, after the early first few games when Giannis was fouling out constantly and we were just fouling seemingly every other possession. Now the team has settled into more to our style. That's playing tough physical defense, but no fouls. 
all these pieces are sliding in together full of a team of great guys, guys with high character, which, you know, you talk about high character. I mean, when you're watching basketball, if the guys are low character, but they're fun to watch, are they still fun to watch? Absolutely. But when the team represents your city, obviously you start to identify with those players more, right? So I identify and appreciate the type of camaraderie and guys like Giannis, Bledsoe, Middleton, hard workers, producing, selfless, all those sorts of things while still producing at the highest level, right? Low-key, enjoy the life of like the Midwestern life. You know, you identify with that. They, they represent the Midwest and Milwaukee well, like what we are, like what we would be generalized as people and what many of us hold as our values. That's dope to have that sort of team. And then they're good as hell at basketball, exciting to watch, play both ends of the court. We're not even shooting the three ball that well this year. 18th, I think, in the NBA in percentage. It's not great. Brooke Lopez still hasn't gotten going. Wes Matthews could be getting going a little bit more. Bledsoe even started out the year pretty cold, but he's been really good the last 15 games. Like, that is awesome. That shit is awesome to be a part of, to just experience. To come home every night whenever I'm off work or coming home late after work and catching the second half of a game, texting my dad like, hey, when are we watching the game? You coming home from the Bucks game tonight? Like, it's a thing. You know, it's an event to rally around at home, to watch, to participate. And that's amazing. To have to be led by a player of Giannis's quality, both as a professional basketball player, but also as a human being, that's incredible. That's the kind of stuff as sports fans, as very passionate sports fans will tell you, that's the kind of stuff you rally around. You remember these times. Like we can't take for granted the fact that we have a basketball team here in the city of Milwaukee who's not just fighting for mediocrity, you know, who's not just like making the playoff, who is dominant with a transcendent basketball player, like once in a generation, never before seen basketball player ever has been seen like this. He's in our city, so far has chosen to stay and has proven a willingness or shown a desire to stay as long as we keep winning and surround him with the right pieces, which we've done to this point. Like, don't take it for granted. We cannot, and I don't think Bucks fans are. And I think that's part of the reason it's so frustrating to not get coverage or to not even not get coverage from the national media, but to not just have enough voices talking Bucks basketball that you feel like you can relate to and be like, yo, this guy loves the Bucks. He's talking about it. He's having a, a conversation regarding the game, you know, that's just, that's educated, but also educated from a perspective of actually understanding the nuances of the way the Bucks play and watching all their games or most of their games. This is also frustrating, right? It's like when the Bucks do get national media coverage, and that's where most of us get our media coverage from, right? Like we see some of the local, we all follow the local beat writers, hopefully, and we're seeing their stuff on Twitter on Bleacher Report. But then you go and, yeah, and Stephen A will say some ridiculous shit. And now Stephen A, we know. He's an awesome personality character, but it's not always making the right points. You can just tell when people don't watch the Bucks games and they make these points about the Bucks or about what Giannis doesn't do or can't do. And it's like, have you been watching this season 
of Bucks basketball? Like, have you been seeing the games? Because oftentimes it feels like you're not seeing the games. Or you're just trying to push some narrative, one or the other. Um, so I'm going to try to keep this thing around 20 minutes. I'm right there at that mark now, so I'm going to cut it off now. Uh, before I go, my plan is talk about the Bucks. Uh, get people who want to talk about the Bucks on this podcast. I'm recording this from my phone in my car. That's probably the plan for now. And after every Bucks game, we'll have a podcast the next day. Bucks game, podcast. Bucks game, podcast. <coughs> Potentially leading up to a big game, podcast. If some news stories come out, podcast. But at least every day there's a Bucks game, slide in here. 20-minute conversation uh, surrounding the Bucks Could be more. But for now, I'm going to try to keep it to 20. A little bit over today. But, yeah. More of these are coming. Go Bucks, go. It is exciting and tremendous to be a Bucks fan in the year 2019 going into 2020. The Greek Freak, Chris Cash Money Middleton, the Bled Show. We're all putting it together. 2020, we're coming for the NBA championship. Let's get it.